Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and game master, Candace, and I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the battle-tested tiefling. I'm Dan. I play Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly, world-weary druid. I'm Nikki, and I am Jarell Goldenheel, the stressed-out elven scholar. <laughs> and I'm Adam, and I'm playing Arden, the stoic half-elven ranger. As they are navigating the many, many intricacies of the city of Mithrin, trying to complete just one of them. Last time. At dawn, we awoke to a city on fire. Not literally, but something terrible had happened in the early hours of the morning. The Faceless attacked a guard in front of Journey's End and a murdered man was strung up in the middle of Market Square. The Faceless claim to own this city. We want to find out whether this is the truth. You are in Market Square. There are large crowd of people. Um, a lot seems like a lot of people come through here on their way to work in the morning and have basically stopped to gawk at the gruesome scene of the body strung up on the pillar blood staining the ropes that are used to hold it up it's a male corpse and then the message scrawled across the message board in a red liquid that is presumably this man's blood rowan is staring at this scene mouth agape and he's he's an elf so he's already decently pale but he's gone another shade paler beneath the i guess exertion of running and he turns to the soldier that's nearest to him and says go get the captain and landon and the soldier scurries off and then he turns to whoever's standing nearest to him and says up until now they've beat people but this is their first kill if you would help me with this investigation by all means I would be in your debt with this dead guy what's he look like like what's our kind of impression of him is this like a noble or does it look like some random schmo or like a guard roll insight or investigation i just want to put out there that we have now a gorgeous bag that sorts all our dice by type and i love it oh you've really peaked when you become a dice hoarder i i'm not a hoarder yet i only bought two new kinds okay 25 you are able to make this deduction he's a very large well-built man he's got really big muscular arms he's still wearing a 
really thick smock looking garment over his tunic and breeches, and it's on that smock amidst other bloodstains you can kind of pick out rust and burns and almost before is this rockwell no just like a second before it comes to you rowan says he worked for rothko at the blacksmith his name was gregor anders cyrus would walk right up to the body just being a medicinal man and I want to do a kind of a a healing or a medicine check to see if I can figure out how they killed this big burly guy. Go for it. I got a 1d4. You could piece together the timeline really easily. There's a concave indention kind of at the back of his head that was strong enough to indent into the skull. That presumably knocked him out good in one blow. And then he's got a very, very deep cut across his neck that would have severed the artery there. He most likely bled out unconscious. Doesn't look like this man had a fair fight. His attackers hit him from behind and cut his throat. And he's probably been dead for about three hours which means he was killed right before dawn and then strung up probably a couple hours later because he's not quite in rigor mortis yet. With my medicine check, do I see like any cartoon-like trails of blood from where they dragged this guy? No. Well, they may not have killed before, but they certainly know how to do it in a very effective manner. Anyway, I'm going to turn to Rowan and say, Well, you're already in our debt. We helped you chase down those two who were obviously just the diversion for this. But if you can make it worth our while, I'm sure we'd be happy to help you out with an investigation, though there are a few things that are relatively obvious. It's the Faceless, and they have murdered someone. Yes. Can you share information about possible targets? Possible further targets? Yes, so we're not wandering around. Who do you think they might strike? I have a sinking suspicion. They've already done what they wanted to do here. I, uh, I don't claim to know much about the Faceless, but they've stirred up something rather awful here. Rowan turns to mostly Cyrus and Arden and says, I could tell you other targets. Gregor was most likely targeted because he was our informant stationed at the blacksmith. We have known for a time that Rothko has been taking money from the faceless and passing money along to them, and so we asked Gregor if he would be willing to pass along information to us about the Faceless comings and goings at the blacksmith. But the the Faceless were always crafty enough to avoid any actual arrest that could be made. Are we just standing in the square having this conversation? He's kind of like leaned in a little bit, kind of motioned you closer 
most of the people around you as you're like listening to this and looking around are involved in their own conversations. Well, either way, maybe we should find someplace a little bit quieter to talk about this rather than in the middle of a square. I think we have some additional questions for you as well. I could not agree more. Let us wait until the captain and Landon arrive and then we'll all return to the uh, precinct. It doesn't take super long for Myrne to appear at the edge of the crowd and the crowd parts for him. He's got two of his guards flanking him including Isidra. Rowan excuses himself from the four of you to go over and greet him. A few minutes later, Landon shows up and joins their conversation. But then as soon as he's done talking with them, he walks over to the group of you and actually asks, So what happened here besides the obvious? Thank you. Who's asking us this? Landon. Why is he asking us? (laughs) Roll an insight if you would like. 19. You get the sense that Landon is essentially using the four of you for fact checking. Interesting. Cyrus begins like waving his arm. So we were chasing these people and... I was very fast, not as fast as them, but Vim was super fast, and so was Arden. And then, I, and then, and then, and then, and I'm just retailing the whole fight scene. Landon is nodding along, says very, very well, that meshes. And he furrows his eyebrows and looks back to Rowan and Myrne. And at this point... A few people in temple vestments have showed up, including Mina, you recognize. They are making their way up the steps of the courthouse to take down this corpse. More soldiers have shown up as your conversations have been going along to kind of corral the crowd. And Captain... Erne follows the acolytes up the steps and stands at the top of them and waits for the crowd to quiet down. And then he addresses them. To all those gathered here, listen and pass on these words. What happened here this morning will not be tolerated. I will not allow this vigilante group to terrorize our city, especially on the eve of our celebration of the harvest and the community we have made here. As of this moment, we will be aggressively investigating this crime as well as arresting anyone suspected of involvement with the faceless, without question, and will prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. He pauses for a moment, and there are rumblings from the crowds. Rowan's face is impassive and Landon you can see just the slightest hint of a frown. The captain continues. However, I will not allow this heinous act to cast a foul shadow and the celebration shall proceed as scheduled. I will be increasing guard presence at all events and we will be searching people as they enter and leave the events. 
There's another pause, and from the murmuring of the people around you, everyone has enough passive perception to pick this up. This is not something that's normally been done at the Equinox Festival before. When the crowd has quieted down again, Myrna finishes. Going forward, please try to put this out of your minds and focus on the festivities to come. We will not let this evil poison our city. And then he descends the steps and rejoins Rowan and Landon and them and kind of motions you for to follow. Not sure why he wants us to follow, but okay. Just shrug and look at the group. Mm, I guess we're doing it. Rowan did ask you all to help with the investigation. Like one second, he's like reading our brains and doesn't trust us. And the next, it's like, help us. You don't have to follow Landon. Yeah, it's D&D, guys. We can go knock on the neighboring door and talk to a random NPC. Uh, That's true. If I follow Landon, am I going to be like at the center of attention of an entire market square full of people? No. The, The guards that are there have started dispersing the crowd. Okay, then I will follow. Cyrus follows. Jarrell is kind of in a daze and just sort of tags after after Cyrus almost automatically. Vim saunters after the group last and mutters to herself, So the investigated become the investigators. Or at <laughs> least in the eyes of the ones doing the first investigation. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> and then she just... Our legal status is a little, like, weird and ambiguous right now, yeah. <laughs> When you walk over, Captain Marinay gives all four of you the the look of someone that doesn't know why you're there, to which Rowan quickly responds. These individuals, motley though they may be, did help us arrest Claire and Brennan, who had escaped us for so long. I believe... They can help us. Vim will do a half-hearted bow at Myrna, mimicking the one she gave him at the Arendelle's estate, and then say a almost drippingly polite, It is a pleasure to see you again, Myrna. Oh, I'm so sorry. Captain Myrna. You see his eye twitch, and he remains silent. Rowan continues saying before we were interrupted by this event i was having a lovely conversation with these four. Oh boy what were the guys talking about uh drill shirt shoots him kind of a dirty look at this point <laughs> oh you know just having the kind of conversation that might absolve us of any potential or um you know potential wrongdoing i'm it was at where we're currently staying, Mirne. I'm I, Captain Mirne once again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you know exactly where that is. <laughs> sorry, giggle. Can uh, Cyrus do a check to see if I see the bodyguard anywhere? Mirne's bodyguard that tailed us. Yeah. While you're looking around, Rowan says, "You see, Captain, they are doing their investigation of their own, and I was thinking that we might be able to." help each other and Mernay says well if you think they can then sure I guess and he kind of crosses his arms 
Well, we at and the very least haven't killed anyone. <laughs> you know, like the faceless have. Yes, just the faceless. It concerns me that you said that, Rowan says. What was your perception check? 15 total. Isidra, the bodyguard, has been corral the crowd. And now that they have dispersed, she is standing a little off to the side, just out of earshot of the group, and seems to be watching the group intently. You're not sure if she's watching, like, all of you or, like, one of you. I was looking around as soon as I see the vets, the bodyguard nearby. I just do a friendly wave and a smile. Hello. She, like, puts up her hand halfway and gives you a very confused look and, like, waves once and then raises an eyebrow and puts her hand back down and resumes the uh, impassive face. Rowan continues. So I think that some of us should go to the blacksmith's building and some of us should head back to the precinct building. I believe that our... He pauses. Helpers? Nope. Assistants? Or perhaps associates? Deputies? <laughs> associate deputies. How about associates? Associate uh, deputies. Perfect. <laughs> I prefer associates, associates as well. <laughs> associates. Sam like shoots daggers at Arden. At Arden. Arden is totally, you know, daggers bounce off of him like rain off an umbrella. Our associates had wanted to look at uh, something over at the precinct, I believe, uh, that they may not have gotten to the other day. Marinai grunts again and says, I'm going to go speak with Rothko, and I will return shortly. And he marches off, two of the soldiers in tow, but not Isidra. Since I assume since you're keeping like one eye on her, Cyrus. Yep. That's where he's going and he heads across the square. Where do you all want to go? That was that's me asking, not Rowan. Can I tell with the mind spike so I can track Brennan for an hour with it? Can I tell if wherever they've taken him is it does it seem like the jail is in the same di- direction or even the same building as the precinct? What what is the range on mind spike? I bet it's something crazy, like the same plane of existence. It, I do remember it having a... I think it was like a mile or... Oh, it is on the same plane of existence. Whoa. <laughs> Unless they like... um, What's it called? Banished her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we do with our politi- with our prisoners, you know. <laughs> Plot twist. So Jarell would have seen the building. So it's in the direction of the precinct but like a little bit past okay and who's all going back to the precinct like in terms of the guards like Mirna is not but are are Landon and Rowan both going back there Rowan is and Landon hasn't said I'm actually going to turn to Rowan and say actually rather than the precinct perhaps we should continue our conversation from earlier at the end that would be amenable I believe let me And he turns to Landon and whispers some number of orders to him. Landon 
pauses for a second and then nods and walks after Myrne. You see his mouth move, but no words come out. Mm. He's casting a message spell. Okay. Which you could detect thoughts if you wanted to. No, I'm low on. Yeah, I've only got one second level slot left, and I don't trust Rowan as far as I can throw in, so. That's fair. So you could tell that he cast the message spell to give Landon orders, but you don't get what it was. Edron says, all right, let us proceed back to the inn. And he sort of motions for you to lead the way. Will the, uh, the, the young women that we um, chase down, will they be seen by a healer or, or be attended to in any way? Or um... Oh, yes, of course they will. I have a question, Rowan. Since we are now associates, if we were to question the faceless that we helped you capture, is that, is that do we have access to speak to them to try to gain information? I would need to clear that with the captain. However, I would not see why you shouldn't be able to. Where exactly are you keeping them? They would be in the 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 holding cells below a section of the wall over by the barracks. And he kind of motions. Obviously during this, Arden is leading the way back yeah, to the inn. Yeah, you're all walking back to the inn. It's not a long walk across the square no. and then back over to the inn. Yelchin is standing behind the counter wide-eyed, but doesn't say anything <laughs> as you all sit down somewhere. Probably at that same booth that I was having breakfast at. Okay, your I breakfast mean, is still there. it's only been like, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, your breakfast is still there. It's cold, but it's still there. I'll look over at Yelchin and say, I hate to ask this, but could I possibly get some replacements? We were rudely interrupted earlier. Y- yes, of course. That's not his accent. And maybe a stiff drink, too, even though it's a bit early in the day for it. Yes, a double for me, please. (laughs) Yes, I believe that will not be a problem. New breakfast and many stiff drinks coming right up. If I can have one big plate to put all the old breakfast on, so I can eat that, too. (laughs) That can also be done. Yes, I will return shortly. Yes. It makes like the bless you hands. <laughs> the Elgin disappears behind the curtain to the kitchen, and then he'll come back out in the background with the drinks and breakfast as you all are talking. Rowan sits down and says, So where were we? Without the mind reading this time, if you would be so polite. Clever. Jarrell, correct? Yes. Yes, I. On. On my honor, no mind reading. All right. Well, mind reading aside, if you came to talk to us in the first place, you must have some sort of clue as to what our other investigation is about. Even though we're associates now, we have no intention of ceasing to do that. After all, we've already been paid fairly well to look into things. And you must have some reason for thinking that we can assist you in a way that the guard might not be able to. Rowan leans back in his chair, kind of similar to before, one arm behind the back, and he rolls his head on his shoulders and says, Well, 
I guess, mind reading or not, you have gotten me. I would like to know, why did you need to see Liara's possessions? The case is closed. I cannot fathom what more there is to be gleaned from it. What was your uh, take on the case uh, when you had closed it, if you don't mind me asking? Well, when we had closed it, we had uh, questioned her friends. Mina indicated that Liara was not from this city to begin with and did not have very much keeping her here other than the temple. It was traveling season when she disappeared. Her important possessions went with her. So you thought she disappeared or something like that? We thought she left of her own accord. So if I may return your question with a one of my own, why is it so strange to you that we would have doubts about your conclusions when we literally found her body less than a day's travel from the city? And you know that very well. That threw a very interesting twist into what we had. And yet somehow not one that would inspire you to reopen the case and re-examine your conclusions at all? That seems a little overconfident. These things, Jarell, they take time to reopen. There are channels we have to go through. It was something that we would look into again now that we have a deceased body. There is much more information that can be gleaned from that. However, there are more pressing matters to attend to. And he looks like pointedly over his shoulder out back towards the courthouse. As I can, as we can see, of course, but uh, we have been previously unaware of these things. We don't have quite the priority docket that you have, and yet you think it's strange that we'd have questions about finding out more about a young woman who we literally found? I'm not really certain why this is so odd to you. Uh, let me ask you this. You four are out of town. You arrived very few days ago. Why do you have an interest in her? Because we literally found her corpse. It was the first one I've dealt with. <laughs> Arden's going to try to shush up Jarell, <laughs> who is clearly emotional. Yeah, Jarell's having a little bit of a meltdown. It has to do with a few things, including, uh, simply put, money. We're being paid to investigate it. You are being paid by whom? Joel just gives them a look like that he's stupid. <laughs> I have a guess. As an honorable mercenary, I do not divulge my clients' names. He, Rowan, restrained himself from messing with the ambulance and tapping his head and says, All right, so presumably either... Mina, although I do not think that she has the means, which leaves someone in the Arendelle estate or the estate itself. It could also which, be that I'm a very cheap mercenary. I do not think that. While it is disappointing that our Margrix Arendelle does not have confidence in my investigative abilities, I cannot fault you for seeking employment. 
Mm. It seems to me that your captain is not too fond of mercenaries and Arden will look around at the other some vigilantes. The captain has a particular way of doing things. Yes, that is a true statement. Only his mercenary. Okay. I, it is not my place to judge his methods. He has been successful and will continue to be successful as soon as we can put down this faceless problem. So what is the deal with these faceless anyway? It, it does seem like there's some political history here, and as has been pointed out many times, we're a little new to the area. Is there some context here that you can give us to kind of place who these people are and what they want? The faceless? There has always been an element of unrest in the city when it came to the divide between the haves and the have-nots. Shortly after our previous leader's demise, some element of, of these malcontents seem to have organized themselves into being organized malcontents and targeted various businesses around the city and forced a number of businesses to accept their, uh, he makes air quotes, protection. And if a business does not agree to these conditions, that business does poorly. That is all worded, documented back at the, the precinct. We do not know if the Faceless have a leader. If they do have a leader, I suspect that they have specific knowledge about the city. And that's what we've come up with. Jarrell has pulled out a piece of paper and is kind of half-heartedly noting some of this down. You said that all this sort of cropped up after the demise of, of your previous leadership. Who was that? What happened? Rowan says, well, I could tell you that. The newspapers can tell you that. But before I go on, we still have an unanswered question. Jarrell gives him just the most tired, annoyed look. <laughs> Why? did you need to go through Liara's possessions? We were hoping to find some information in them. Okay. You did. You did. What was it? Isn't uh, it? it was a date, I believe. I don't know. I wasn't actually at the precinct. He looks to the rest of you. The information is the same as what you would have found if I am not mistaken as the lead investigator. You're the one who put together that evidence crate. Vim kind of points a look at him and raises an eyebrow. Kind of an interesting question for a man who wrote the report. So you did not find anything of note? Anything new? Something that I missed that you could share with me? It's information that would have been new to us. It would have been the first time our eyes saw it, but everything in there was put there by you. So, probably nothing of note for you. But there was something of note for you. A date? 
Right. What was it? What was the day? The date that was the combination is five six nine zero. Arden will say that. He'll say okay. five six ninety. Five six ninety. The fifth month of the year six hundred and ninety. That would have been right around the time of Wither Heights. We concluded that that one was a murder. Unfortunately, that was yet another instance where we could not find the body. However, we did find our culprit. Oh, really? Who was it? It sounds like you might have a serial killer on your hands. Hi, <laughs> goodness, I hope not the... There were no more murders after we arrested. But it hasn't been too terribly long, has it? What was the... What was the span of time between What's-His-Face and Liaris? It was a couple of years. If it was only a few years in between, you wouldn't necessarily expect another one right away, would you? We eventually arrested a moneyed malcontent named Donovan. He had motive, and his alibi did not check out, and he was tried and is currently imprisoned. And this Donovan, who was he? He was a nouveau rich type individual. His parents had come to Mithrin during the movie and left him with an estate and money, neither of which he wanted to give up as Witherhite began to raise taxes. Well, I suppose that is motive for a murder. And now we have some leads to follow as per that date that we found. And we are appreciative for that. Real quick, what was the other question that I think, Nikki, you asked? Jarrell is mostly, like, kind of annoyed that they're still having this conversation and has tr- been trying to distract Rowan from actually continuing to question them. They're they're pretty much done with his little interrogation. So then, not to distract us from talking about, as you said, more pressing matters, Arden will sort of look out the door yes. when he says that. But this Donovan, what happened to his money and his estate? As far as I know, Donovan's estate now sits empty, save for perhaps a housekeeper or two still being paid by the family. If Donovan has any money still coming to him, I don't know if that is the case, nor where it is going. Interesting. So it wasn't in any way taken from him or confiscated. It was just left. Correct. The estate, the house, would have gone back to family holdings. Yes, and already this association between us is paying off, at least in terms of our other work. Now, what is it that you wanted us to do to help you with your so-called more pressing matters? The people who would know more about the faceless and who they are and their operations would not talk to the likes of me nor Captain Mirne 
nor probably even abandon through association. I would like you to simply make some inquiries. Identify persons of interest for us. We do have a few ideas. I will say that for one, and we will be making our own inquiries. However, we have never been able to get even close to discovering their leader or if they even have one. And any information that you would be able to dig up, so to speak, on that would be appreciated. We can certainly see what we can do. Oh, actually, I hate to say this, but one last question. The Arendelle estate seems quite well guarded. Where were the city guards when your previous mayor was killed? They were at the Equinox Festival. They were not aware that the Witherhite had gone back to the estate at the time the murder occurred. Thank you. I think that's it. Now, I know some of my some of my associates wanted to see things at the precinct. I will help you out insofar as at very least it seems the inquiries you want to make and the inquiries I want to make conveniently coincide, so there's no worries about priorities. That is most convenient, and should we all need to head back to the the precinct, we can all go that direction. Wait, why? what are we looking to... Sorry, I'm going to meta for a minute. What do we want to look at at the precinct right now? You all had been wanting to look at more of the case files. The Witherhite case file, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's just going to let us do that? Yeah, it seems that way. All right. Arden isn't terribly interested in going back to the precinct, though. Do you want to go somewhere else? I think so. Let me look through my notes. You can take everybody else to the precinct if they all want to go there. I think we were on the buddy system. Arden just believes in dividing forces and collectively achieving more than we could achieve if we were all stuck together at every point in the way. on the way. Wait, is Vim still in her pajamas? Yes. <laughs> oh, and she's bleeding. It's fine. She seems wildly unconcerned. Actually, she looks more than anything annoyed at the holes in her pajamas. And like every once in a while, we see her like ignoring Rowan, looking down at her gut area and the, the stab-sized holes in the blood. She's like, oh my God, it's going to cost me so much to clean silt. Jarrell kind of notices this and sort of like, oh, and uh, poke Vim in the side a couple times and cast Mending. The rips just kind of stitch themselves up as though self-sewing. And then I, I cast Prestidigitation. And the blood just like vanishes as though it was like kind of like it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks into nothing. You should, um, you should get that looked at. <laughs> oh, the only thing that matters has already been looked into. I cannot thank you enough. Um, are you quite sure? <laughs> I'll be all right. These these sorts of things always look worse than they actually are. And she's just kind of like looking at kind of the dangs and scrapes. Uh, but really, she's just enchanted by her fresh pressed. Clean silk robe. <laughs> Cyrus has his hand in the air like a, a schoolboy in class trying to ask a question. 
Yes. I just turn my back drone. Group, if we are going to take on this quest, and I hope we do, may I uh, recommend that I am not the academic type, and I really, really hate bureaucrats, so I would prefer not to go back to the precinct and look at files. If there is... I have another avenue I would like to research. Excellent. If we were going to, as you said, use the buddy system, which I will admit, kind of glancing at where... Vim was injured. Seems a better idea now than it did last night. You and I can go about searching for answers outside of the precinct while the other two go about searching for answers in it. Are we, I look at the rest of the group. Are we, are we all in agreement, Arden and I and Vim and Jarell? Jarell looks really reluctantly at Rowan. I suppose perhaps we could use a few moments to gather ourselves and they glance over it at Vim and, and change perhaps um. <laughs> oh yes I will have to put on my um, my business pajamas of course mm-hmm. I will wait just outside Rowan says and gets up from the table and exits and you can see him through one of the windows, just standing out on the the porch. Probably using spells to listen in on us. Yeah, I'm not going to tell Arden my plan until I see Rowan leave. Okay. Terrell takes a huge deep breath, looks at Cyrus, and then bursts into tears. Oh, come now. Cyrus goes over to... Comfort, Jarell. <laughs> Listen, the cities are very scary, but you are very brave. Jarell totally is like hugging you and, and clinging to you and is having a little bit of a meltdown. You've seen two bodies now. Imagine how far you've grown. You are twice the, the scholar you were before. No. <laughs> Jarell. Jarell kind of takes you by the sleeves and like comes back a little. Cyrus, I can't thank you enough. Like, if it weren't for you, I'd be a murderer right now. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> that. Nah. I almost killed that woman. I I have no excuse. I I know I know it's important to you and I, I don't understand it. Um your your interest in fighting and your um I know you get frustrated about not not doing it the way you want, um but I hope you know how important the knowledge and power you do have is. I owe great great debt to you, Cyrus Sassafras. So if you ever need a favor, uh, no matter what it is, magic or company on some wild adventure or yet another quest, not murder, um, hopefully that goes without saying, but um, anything that's in my power to do or give, um, just ask, and it's yours. Jarell, I am a bit speechless, but I will tell you this. You going back to that precinct and digging through the files is... I am i am just as terrified of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for jumping on this dagger for me. They kind of, like, oh, wipe themselves off a little and sort of, like, fan themselves with their hand, like, blinking rapidly, like, trying to collect themselves a little bit. You blow your nose in Cyrus's... Maybe not quite that. Okay. <laughs> That was, uh, if I must say, quite a powerful bit of magic you had there. Uh, please don't mention it. Just say that I am glad you are on my side and not an opposition. Drell actually looks worse when you say this, <laughs> <laughs> not better. <laughs> Yelchin walks back into the room, 
post breakdown, it wordlessly walks over and hands you a travel tanker. <laughs> I probably drank more of it than I should in one call. All right. Well, um, I suppose we have another. How many quests do we have right now? Two. We need some sort of schedule or, or planner. We've only been in this town four days. <laughs> we are rather popular. And we've been up to quite a bit. I must say I'm rather impressed with ourselves. Is Vim back and changed? We can say that she got up, left, and then about five minutes later, she shows back up and is a little bit better looking for wear. She's, uh, for the first time since arriving at the city, we see her back in full armor. I whisper, Be on your guard, Jarell. I don't trust him, obviously, but uh, remember... You are my bodyguard. It's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you better watch your back just in case. I'll do my best. I don't trust that. Well, hmm. I guess we'll see what happens. Good luck. Pat Jarell on the shoulder and I walk towards wherever Arden is. All right. Clunk the tankard down on the table. Let's go investigate whatever it is we're investigating now. As everyone, like, goes to their to leave, Vim scoops all the leftover food onto one plate. Milton <laughs> did bring you a big plate. She takes the big plate and 100% of all the food that's left, she scrapes it onto the big plate and then just takes it with her with a fork and then starts walking out. <laughs> Excellent. Oh yeah, the purple mug is definitely like strapped to her side, so she's just like acquiring the dishware, the dishware, the scourge of Mithrin. Vim and Jarell. You both proceed out the door to meet up with Rowan. And from inside, Cyrus and Arden can see Rowan, Vim, and Jarell leave the premises going across the square. All right, well, it looks like the coast is clear now, Arden. I have one idea that I wanted to share with you, but if you have an idea, I'd like to hear it. Uh, my thought is. And I get in real close. How about you and me take a trip to the Coriander's Kiss? <laughs> Midday seems an odd time for that. I'm both laughing in character and out of character. Uh, one thing. I don't really recall her name, but you know that person we chased down and... Uh, not the one that Jarell almost killed, the other one. I've seen that person <laughs> at the Coriander's Kiss. I was drunk and I was stumbling about, and it was her and uh, Nikita. They helped me to the bathroom. I thought we could go question Nikita because even though I was drunk and I don't remember her name, I do remember them being very romantically involved. That member of the faceless, significant other might have some information for us. I imagine she would. In fact, I'll toss a glance over to Yelchin as I say this. I'm not saying it so loudly, but if he overhears it, I don't particularly care. About the only people who don't seem to know much about the faceless are the city guard. I imagine we could ask Yelchin and he could give us more information. Then we have a plan. Yelchin! 
or just about any other random person on the street. Who shall we ask first? Let's go to the Coriander's Kiss and we'll finish with Yelchin when we're done. That was a sentence. Poor Yelchin. As Cyrus looks back over your shoulder, you see Yelchin giving you a mildly confused look. Uh, but at this point, it's kind of what he expects, and so you could just proceed on. Vim and Jarell, you follow uh, Rowan to the precinct. It's a quiet walk. It seems like Rowan has either divulged all the information he has or is unwilling to give any more as you walk. When you get there, it's actually still locked and Henry is waiting outside. Or Henry gets there at about the same time you do. Rowan unlocks the door and all four of you proceed into the building. Rowan further unlocks the door to his office and goes inside. Henry resumes his post and Rowan says, I suppose at this point I should say make yourselves at home. Um, I will unlock the door for you. Let me know if you need anything. And he unlocks the door to what you know is the air quotes evidence room and pulls it aside and then goes about his business at his desk. Rowan, I know earlier you had spoken about seeing if you could get your SO to let us speak with the prisoners. Yes. So while you're having that conversation with him, I was thinking maybe you could put in for us to get um, like associates badges. Something that we can flash around town to let people know we're uh, in the right with this. Rowan like tense his fingers on the desk. I can see about that. I cannot make any guarantees. Excellent. As long as you ask and then describe Mirne's face to me. I mean, Captain Mirne's face to me in, in detail when you put in that request, I would be just delighted. Oh, and um, if you're having a healer look at, at that uh, that young woman who I um, who I am uh, who we who we caught, uh, have have them check her mental faculties, like check her memory, make sure that she's all well, you know, still there. Rowan raises an eyebrow and says, "Sure, we can do that." Right. Um. Thanks, Jarrell. Uh. Pops into the room after Vim. What do you want to look at in the evidence room? You're pretty familiar with the the layout of everything. The crate that you looked at before in detail was specifically Liara's, but now that you know the significance of Witherheight's murder, that crate sort of stands out to you. I cast message. Um, and I ask Vim, do we have anything else we really want to, to know about Liara's murder, or do we want to really actually focus on this whole faceless business? I, I recall, I mean, there's Wither Heights, they make air quotes, murder, and then, of course, but there's all these other uh, reports of them kind of mugging people in the streets and these sorts of things. Um, what do you think? 
Honestly, right now my head is swimming. There's so much going on right now. I'm... I know, right? <laughs> right. I think a part of me is convinced that this whole unfortunate mess in the town square was orchestrated by whoever's pulling the strings of the faceless to prevent us from further looking into Liara's, maybe to distract us. I mean, if it's if it's Rowan and Mirne pulling the strings behind the faceless, maybe maybe they did this to give us something else to look at or to keep closer tabs on us. I don't I don't know if that's crazy or or if it just might be true. How likely we're still I, I'm just going to assume we're using message until I say otherwise. How likely do you think it is that this wither height, this 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 man that you came here to see that he might be involved with the faceless or that he might be part of all this. Do you know anything about him or what his motives might be or what what he's after? As Jarell is saying this in Vim's mind, she is walking over to the Witherhite murder box, mm-hmm. taking it off the shelf and then walking it over to a table where they can like take out the contents and expect it. Every day, it looks a little bit more like Witherheight, or uh, I guess we... This morning happened so fast, I haven't had time to catch up with you, but uh, last night, me and Cyrus actually made an extra stop on our way back from the Morris household. You see, um, we stopped by the caravans on the outskirts of the city where the dancing mannequin live. I may or may not have inquired as to where the blue-skinned tiefling lives, and... We really need a code name for him. (laughs) I don't know if it's his real name or not, but at the very least, he's currently going by Indigo. Alright. Did you find him? I didn't find Indigo, as much as I wish I had, but... I think I know where he's living now, or at least where he's posting up for a while. As soon as the guard isn't looking too closely at us, I think our group might want to slip away and give that a look. Hmm. Because honestly, I, uh, <laughs> like I said before, he's a friend of a friend, so, well, I know I'm through a friend anyways, and that doesn't give me much to go on with this guy. If I may be so bold, I, I don't want to distract from the investigation, but what was it exactly that you wanted from him? Vim sighs heavily and kind of looks at the ground for a moment and then takes the, the top off the box and puts it to the side and starts kind of just like mindlessly pulling out objects. I, well, you see, it's it's less what I want with him and more what he wants from me. You see, I, uh, I have a debt. I've been itching to pay off, and uh, Jarell, I haven't known a blank slate in a long time. And paying a friend's favor to Indigo was gonna be my ticket out. So I guess I'll find out when I see Indigo what exactly it's gonna be. Well, that's a shitty pickle. Who <laughs>, <laughs>, laughs? Um, and kind of shakes her head for a moment. Um, her, her shoulders pick up, and she's like, "It. Every. Everything seemed so much simpler before we walked through the walls of this city. I. Uh, I just thought I was seeing a friend of a friend, but now he seems like he's a, a real shitbag. So 
I mean, hopefully we got something wrong along the way, but I'm not super optimistic. Let's see what's in this box that describes his murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vim, I'm so sorry. Like, But maybe you can take some comfort in this. You're not the only one who's getting a lot more garbage out of this than you wanted. Jarrell like holds up like a solidarity fist bump and then <laughs> and looks in the box. <laughs> and like bumps it and then like twizzles her fingers away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's in this box? So in the box is a, a whole lot of paperwork. There is a statement from one of the servants of the house. Statements from multiple people. There are, I guess it would be interrogation records from three other people. There is another packet that's labeled search. There is another packet at the very back that doesn't have a label. Can I flip through real quickly? Um, Does any of it seem like paperwork, like forms? Or is it all like notes kind of stuff? At the beginning of each packet of notes is a form. And when you pull out the form, you can tell that the form is what denotes what the notes behind it are. I wonder if we might uh, pick another, if there's another... Jarrell looks around kind of dubiously, a murder box around here that we can sort of compare just in case anything that might normally be in the box isn't. Oh, uh, sure. I guess you um, you take a look through those documents and I'll see if any other boxes look like murder boxes. <laughs> you know, maybe they have a skull or knife on the, on the cover. <laughs> the labels read murder or assault or robbery. They're fairly easy to pick out which one is which. You actually have to go them fairly far back. The boxes are chronological and a timeline to find another murder, but it was looked into by the same investigative team, it seems. Rowan and Myrne and various and sundry guards. Jarrell, what are you looking First want to take note of just the names of all the interrogations and then, yeah, kind of skim skim the statements from the different people and then look in that unlabeled packet last. The statement is from a housekeeper named Alice Harper. She is the one that found the scene of the crime and was the one who reported it to Rowan. Is there a description of the scene of the crime? Because they didn't find a body. Yes. What evidence was there of, uh, that there was a murder? How did they determine that's what happened? There is, in her uh, statement, there is a description of the she found the study, Wither Heights study, completely turned over, chairs overturned, desk overturned. Uh, there were items missing, and on the floor in front of the desk was a very sizable blood stain which when you look later in the file there's a statement from someone from the temple saying that they believe the blood stain is large enough to indicate death of the person who was causing the blood stain and the Alice Harper the housekeeper's statement also specifically identifies the 
items that were missing from the study. And they were. <laughs> Ironically, a lockbox of his in a chest or in a um, safe kept behind some books in the study. It's not, you can tell from the statement, it's like not the same lockbox at all. Also in that safe was a chest of jewels and the a set of very fine silverware from the kitchen was gone. She also goes on to say that Witherhide did not keep a large amount of like physical gold on him at any point in time. So it was like valuables that could be mm-hmm. pawned that were taken. There's also a document like right after that, that statements from different guards about districts of the city that they searched and questioned people in. And the final report from that is someone saying that, no, unfortunately, we were not able to find the body, which means it's going to be very hard to actually charge any of these people interrogated. Is there a court case for how they convicted Donovan then? There is. The people that were interrogated for this before a trial were Donovan was one of them. Another person is a man named Percival, who the file describes as a very poor, disgruntled individual who more than likely wanted attention for whatever reason. And they were of interest because they would send letter after letter after letter to Witherheight asking various things. The third person that was interrogated was Witherheight's very close friend, as the case file identifies them, as a Rorit K. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. And the the different files go on to say that Percival was cleared because he had an alibi that a lot of people could corroborate. The reason Rorit K was cleared is because none, no one was able to identify, of the people questioned were able to identify any motive Rorit K would have had. And also upon further investigation of their alibi, they were in fact able to corroborate it from a couple of different sources. For Donovan, though, as Rowan said earlier, had motivation Witherheight's policies would have taken a significant amount of money from him, a couple other statements say, and he was caught in a lie about where he was the night of the festival and refused to tell the truth, essentially. No. And so, because they couldn't clear his name, he was tried by jury, but because there was no body and all evidence was circumstantial. He is currently facing just life in prison and presumably at some point will be transported to a larger city's prison. But, you know, this was like five years ago, so he's been down there for a really long time at this point. Drell's pretty unimpressed. What's in the unlabeled packet? Has a statement from a person named who identifies herself as Afsane saying that Donovan was actually with her the night of the murder, 
but they didn't want to admit it at the time. And this statement is also dated four years after the fact, and there's no indication that anything was done about it, because that's the like the last chronological file in that whole box. Well, this is incredibly hinky. No wonder they never solve anything around here. Right, it's like they don't follow up on anything. To be fair, the other file that you found, Bim, when you and Jarell look through that, it, it happened long enough ago that you don't recognize any of the names in connection with anyone. But that file is actually, you can't find anything fishy about it. It's got some statements, a file about actual physical evidence, and then it's got a full transcript. I mean, this file does also have a transcript of the trial, but that file has a transcript of the trial and no addendums afterwards. So it seems like at least much earlier, murders had true resolution to them. So in comparing what's in the Witherhite murder box and the new murder murder box, is there anything that jumps out as suspicious about the Witherhite one? Roll either investigation or insight. How about does a three do it? <laughs> Vim is looking through it and like spreads out the papers and asks Jarell for a second opinion. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not getting anything from these. Oh shit. I'm not doing so hot either. I think that's a 12 maybe. What do Jarell and Vim think the most suspicious part of this whole crate is? I would say a combination of the assumption that Witherheight is dead based only on a pool of blood combined with the fact that they never followed up on this other guy. Jarrell feels very much like they did not try very hard, A, to either check that this was actually a murder. It seems very much to Jarrell like wrote it off as a murder and then pinned it on the first guy who seemed plausible and then put it away. Your 12 lets you trust your gut feeling. I relay all this to them via message. This seems very much like very slipshod and very, very... I mean, they they didn't have any real proof that, that Witherhide was certainly... Okay, so there's a bunch of blood. Well, it could have been anyone's blood. They didn't know that it was Witherhide in particular. I mean, and then they just pinned it on someone with no real evidence, except, oh, this person belly aches a lot. Oh, they probably killed them. And then an alibi came along later, and they never followed up. And then they, you know, they had no evidence and then locked them up anyway. That all seems very suspicious. Seems like they're trying to just shove it away and, and, and dissuade any any further questioning. Yes, I think I think all of that would jump out to us as suspicious even even if we didn't know that, or rather even if we didn't have a strong suspicion that Witherheight is absolutely not dead. I would be curious about what Donovan or Afsane would have to say if we went and spoke to them. Myrne had confessed killing Witherhite to Liara. Clearly he thinks he completed the murder he tried to do. It just happens he was bad at it. So scenario one, Myrne tries to kill Witherhite, doesn't succeed. 
Witherhite survives this, you know, stabbing or whatever, takes his valuables, swans off to the other sector of town and starts this weird little rebellion. Theory number two, well, I don't know. This doesn't make a lot of sense. I just, I can't help but feel suspicious that Rowan and Myrne may be somehow connected to the Faceless too. Actually, you know, now that you say something, um, Rorit, the dragonborn we saw in Journey's End a few days ago, and who was mentioned in the report. Well, during me and Cyrus's escapade last night, I, I told you that we found out where Witherhite or Indigo is currently staying. As it turns out, Rorit has a rather impressive estate in the bougie part of town, and Indigo is said to stay there. Oh my goodness. Maybe they were in on it, or... I, I don't know, but... I mean, it says here they were friends. I mean, that seems like it all hooks together. I don't understand how Myrne and Rowan fit into the whole picture. Hmm. I, like, need a minute to think about this. <laughs> Are you doing okay in there? It's awfully quiet. Uh, do you normally talk while you read? Point. <laughs> Bim says back into Durrell's head. Maybe we can just go ask Rorit and Weatherheight Indigo. Just kind of nodding and staring at the paper. <laughs> That's certainly something the police wouldn't have been able to do. <laughs> Durrell kind of uh, looks... Looks at um, them and, and continues in message. We're walking a fine line here. I mean, we could have turned in Yotam. We I could easily just tell them that Indigo is still alive. I'm having a hard time following, like, what we're trying to accomplish here sometimes. <laughs> Only that I know that I don't feel like we can trust Rowan and Myrne based on Liara's journal. I agree. It's It's a little sad we trust the words of a dead girl more than just about anyone else's. But... I'm able to rest easy knowing that what we're looking for is truth. It's definitely not boring. At this point, Rowan actually sticks his head inside the evidence room and says, If uh, you two don't mind pausing your investigations for just a moment, I need to speak with someone in my office. Uh, could I request for you to wait outside? Daryl looks at them. I mean, we could take a break for a while. I think, um... You could take the file with you if that would help. Is it just like a giant box? It's just a giant box. Like, not home with you, uh, but out into the lobby. I suppose that's fine. Vim kind of starts packing it all up, giving him some serious side eye. Alright, you both, you know, pack up your respective crates. Do you take the, the second murder crate also? I think yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got two hands. Okay. Do you want to take any of the other crates? There are also crates that have familiar business names on them. I mean, yeah, like he wants us to look into the faceless, so I feel like that's not suspicious. Like, yeah, I think Jarrell would go ahead and take as many uh, boxes as they could carry that look like they're faceless hits. Okay, so you end up with five other crates. I'm. It takes you like two trips to do all of these because there is a crate that's labeled Rothko's Rocks, Journey's End, Rise Realty, Fresh Duck Bakery, and Wouldn't It Be Nice? 
What kind of establishment is Wouldn't It Be Nice? It is a high-end furniture maker. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And so you cart all these crates out into the lobby, and you see in these couple of journeys that the person that Rowan is ushering into his office is uh, Jimmel, actually. And I don't think he knows either of your faces, but you know what he looks like. And so he gives you just a, you know, a polite nod, assuming that you are very important people that are here. And he looks a little bit concerned as he is about to go into Rowan's office. Nothing too bad. Rowan's holding the door open for Jimmel to walk in. Oh, shit. There's no way he's not asking him about the lockbox. Oh, shit. Thank you for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, at PodRealms, and on the web at www.littlerealms.com. Make your journey be successful, and we'll see you next time. The wonderful music you hear on Little Realms is possible due to royalty-free music and content creators, such as TabletopAudio.com, Freesounds.org, and Kevin McLeod, creator of Incomputech.com. Royalty-free music licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution License 3.0.